Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. From Barangaroo Studios, this is the COB. Brought to you by eToro. Invest in ASX shares with $0 commission. Well, hello, hello. This is the COB. All the stuff you need to know about the day in business and markets. On this, the 30th of March, I'm Nadine Blaney. He's Carl Rada. How are you doing? I'm really, really good. Markets looking a lot more, uh, well, buoyant perhaps than uh, where we've seen it over the last few weeks. Getting to the end of March, a lot of talk about what's end of month flows and what can we trust as far as a rally. But, well, it looks like we're going to end the day up by another 1% above around 7,100, at least when I last checked. So, uh, well, Good so far. Good so far, so far, so good. It really feels as if these fears around bank contagion are easing. Of course, when that ebbs, oftentimes concerns about the Fed starts to flow, at least here in Australia. Mm. Much of the conversation is around rates, where they will go. We've got some of the nation's biggest banks now officially expecting to see the RBA on hold next week. You know, my clock is counting down already. It'd be really interesting to see what happens. Had a great conversation with John Lekos from Bond Advisor Mm. earlier today. What you think the RBA should do and what they will do are often very different things. He reckons the RBA would be mad not to hike rates. He said, yeah, sure, 6.8% inflation, lower than expected, but it's 6.8% inflation. I mean, still very hot. Yeah, we were talking about that exact thing yesterday, weren't we? And I, I said the same, is that at least in, in my sort of uh, simple mind, that if it's at six, you, you hike interest rates. But He's you know, so modest. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> modest in terms of modest intelligence. Uh, but in terms of just, I guess, the counter to that is David Flanagan, uh, who will be joining us on Rates Live on two th- at 2.30 on Tuesday when the decision is uh, announced, said that, well, you've got to look at sort of the annualised pace of things, you know, the underlying pulse. And at the moment, it's looking like month to month, the annualised number will be well pretty close to two or three. So you're getting all these divergent views and, uh, well, I think the uh, split in terms of the economists, bank economists are sort of reflecting Mm -hmm. that uh, indecision, I guess you could say. So definitely our three themes are that we're in this mini risk on environment, I suppose. Is it a relief rally? Well, we'll discuss that with our feature guest a little bit later on. Also those rate expectations. And then just this notion that no news right now is good news, at least on the banking front. And that's sort of the sentiment as we head toward the European Open, where futures are pointing to a bit of a lift there. Um, But back to our own market, because to your point, I mean, this was a really positive day. The one sort of real sector or mini sector that underperformed was gold. And then that sort of tells you like all you really need to know. We saw tech, tech, you know, doing Mm. really well today. Best performer is Appin on the 200 up close to 10%. Crazy. Yeah, it's an interesting mix, actually, because I'm just looking across the uh, sectors that were high for the session, one and a half percent high for the IT. But we also saw materials up by almost 1.4% 
1.3%. Financials also 1.3%. You can see some of the names here uh, Here are the banks uh, looking a little bit more positive as well. We'll go to the miners too just uh, while we're at it because also generally speaking quite higher. In fact, UBS released a note we discussed in the close, mm -hmm. in fact, around uh, some upgrades to the sector as well. So again, a real sort of strong cross-section of, of gainers for the market goal which benefited from that banking crisis, if we are, are still allowed to call it the crisis, reversing, which in itself is a positive signal. We're not allowed to call it the crisis, I was told Incident. today yet again. Uh, situation, I'm not sure. But I do know when it comes to the miners, we saw thermal coal imports picking up. We've got Asian buyers coming in as prices moderate. I had a really great conversation with uh, Esther Holloway from Morningstar today, talking about New Hope. And it's really topical today, of course, because we did have the Senate passing the government's carbon scheme. She reckons there's still more upside. She thinks that uh, New Hope is still below fair value. You can find that interview online and via the show notes. Uh, also, I think it's worthwhile mentioning that we did see Dalian Iron Ore Futures still pushing higher today. There is one of the, I think it might be the only sector that is in negative territory overall, and that is the A-REITs. Absolutely is, down 0.35 percent for the session so yeah i guess it's uh well a little bit of an outlier today mm -hmm. well we're happy that it is that <laughs> all right uh, look, corporate news today, it's, it wasn't sort of a blockbuster M&A day, no. I think that's fair to say. No no improved offer coming through for Liontown Resources as well. But um, Regis Resources, a smaller company, had a six-week high. That's after the New South Wales government approved a gold project. So really swimming against the tide when it came to you know the overall selling that we saw in the gold space. Um, look, other than that, there was sort of some small cap news. Zip was also <laughs> in focus today. It, it's interesting. Interesting to see. I mean, it was a, obviously a good day for a tech company to be releasing good news, but it's you know gone on to reaffirm that it's still liquid. It will do, you know, still sticking by its targets to get to EBITDA profitability. Um, but yeah, it continues to to pull out of those global expansion plans that were really all the rage in the COVID period, weren't they? Hey, when capital was cheap, it's what you could do. And I think, I don't know if it was a phrase that you coined or if it was something that they coined, but I loved the notion of shrinking to greatness. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a good selling point. I don't know if that really is how it works, but uh, nevertheless, the buy now, pay later space, clearly still going through the tough adjustment of a world with interest rates that are higher and, well, I suppose consumers as well that are uh, less inclined to spend. So the Health and Wellness Co-REIT, I always get that name slightly wrong, but it did make a big move today. $1.2 billion purchase of about 10 hospitals, just going by memory there. It was the stock of the day. Let's find out what Kashi's guests had to say. Hospitals and healthcare, uh, they're here to stay and, and it's uh, a long-term asset that provides a a good income, uh, good quality assets that are, that are they're purchasing, but they also have good quality assets. Uh, their NTA was around the two dollar marks, uh, you know, well above where they're trading. Um, that will change with this uh, with this capital raising and with this announcement because they'll, they'll need to raise some debt. But uh, yeah, certainly trading at a big discount mm. to its NTA. 
and I think probably the focus that we'll see over the coming weeks with this big acquisition could well change that in the future. But it looks pretty good to me. I go kind of go with consensus. Morgans and Macquarie both have a buy rating. Looks pretty good to me. The acquisition's a massive one, and it actually transforms HCW into Australia's largest diversified healthcare rate with greater exposure to capital cities. And as David said, uh, hospitals are going nowhere, yeah, and healthcare is going nowhere. If anything, the healthcare sector has outperformed the market over the last few years. So we know that healthcare is the way forward and the kind of value part of the market at the moment. So it's definitely one. Um, it's definitely looking really, really good. The um, the acquisition of hospitals is just obviously, as you know, great and yeah. um, building there. They've been high growth trajectory since they debuted two years ago. So it does look like a really, really positive okay. thing for the company. And yeah, I think I go with it. Okay. So there you go. It sounds pretty positive, pretty positive, at least according to those guests. And if you'd like to listen to that episode of The Call, you can do so. It is online and available via podcast form. You know what else is available soon, shortly, is our daily newsletter. And Kyle, you, um, you've you sort of written a little piece and I sort of took away easy ways to part with your money at 5 a.m. Yesterday, I'm pretty sure you called me old, talking a little <laughs> bit about your misspent youth, maybe, at yeah. 5 a.m. What's going on? Well, well, for starting my girlfriend's in Paris at the moment, and I miss <laughs> her, so I haven't got as much to do in, in my life. Uh, I, I can't talk to her, but um, The View was really about what I was getting up to around the Fed last week and uh, trying to trade that release, which um, anyone will tell you is a bad idea trying to trade such a risk event. But what really occurred to me, and this was off the SVB drama uh, a week earlier, was really how quickly everything happens in markets now because of our digital and mm-hmm. virtual uh, relationship with, uh, with the world. So trading at 5 a.m., losing that money, taking the money out, putting it back into another investing account and then buying another stock out of uh, a little bit of spite, I have to say. I wanted to buy some <laughs> Telstra and like, well, maybe you'll get a dividend next year. Uh, but the same thing, moving that money then into another account for a transaction, uh, from a transaction account to a savings account, paying a few bills, all of a sudden, all this money moving, moving everywhere. And it's not just the way that retail traders or depositors at banks work in the world now, but it's the way markets uh, uh, yeah. uh, transmit uh, monetary policy, uh, we communicate monetary policy. It's just this sort of brave new world of trying to deal with this kind of digital environment. Uh, for me, it was a costly one, uh, but as we've seen, for, for banks, uh, equally risky, and for central banks and other institutions, something they have to be keeping, well, perhaps aware of. I have two things to say. One, right, even these cycles seem to be going very quickly. Even that banking well, for a very short time, crisis is Still now help. just like barely Pick being up. thought of. And I'm, I'm exaggerating a bit, but you get my point. Second thing I'd like to tell you in relation to that, Kyle, is Telstra hit an, the highest level since 2017 today. This is a contrary indicator. So there you go. You're <laughs> welcome. I'm, I'm, I'm excellent liquidity for a lot of people, I bet. <laughs> All right. Well, we still love you. Henry Jennings from Marcus Today, another guy we love, is joining us now. Hi, Henry. Um, are you getting all Hi. hot under the collar of, because we've seen you know this, this gain again today? What do you make of it? Um, hi, guys. I don't know about hot under the collar. It's amazing when we talk about Telstra at that high since 2017. It's only $4.24. It's hardly shooting the lights out, is it? It just shows you how how uh, anemic the performance of Telstra has been. I guess, you know, 70 points is good. 1% is good. We're now up around 3% off our lows, which is good. And we did sort of underperform the U.S. The U.S. was going pretty well. Uh, during that uh, that little spat with the banks. I'm not sure we can call it a crisis, neither. You know, I have to say, SVB was just a very badly managed bank. Uh, they got risk completely wrong. And uh, as Kyle says, the, the lightning speed that money moves out of uh, 
institutions now can really, really have a dramatic effect on uh, on an institution. So at the moment, the market looks okay, looks good. There's a lot of corporate activity going on, which I think is a positive sign. I think that's a sign of optimism. I think we're heading into April on an optimistic note. I think we may have a, a pretty good month in front of us as we work up to one, the bank results, which are happening early May. Of course, we've also got the federal budget. Uh, but then I think things get a little trickier, as we saw last year with tax loss selling coming in. So we may see that sell in May and go away happening again this year. But for the time being, things look all right, I've got to say. I've got to say, Henry, I really appreciate you getting back to my text this morning and jumping on this afternoon because with the rally in lithium stocks over the last few days, I thought you might be on holidays or something like that because <laughs> it's been an absolute rich snorter. Uh, Liontown Resources, obviously, still yeah. still in the news. Uh, what's your sort of view there when it comes to the company, especially after this, well, uh, rejected bid for it? Uh, well, as you know, Carl, I've been a, a bit of a fan of Liontown for some time, to say the least, uh, and the lithium space as well. So. You know, every uh, every sector has its day. I was going to say every dog, but Lion Town is far from that. It's a lion, not a dog. At the end of the day, you know, this this is a big, big deal for the whole sector. This is a five and a half billion dollar company. But the thing that puzzles me, and I'll put this out there, is that um, if Lion Town is worth five and a half billion dollars to Arbemile, what is Pilbara Minerals worth? Mm-hmm. Now. Now, Pilbara Minerals is producing. They have $2 billion plus in cash. Last quarter, they generated $880-odd million in cash. They have got a massive resource, and they have just announced plans to expand the resource. So here's Pilbara, valued at about $11.5, $12 say. And you've got Liontown, which is yet to actually build the project. Kathleen Valley, okay, they have started uh, pulling some of the DSO stuff out, but uh, they are yet to really get into it. Construction and production is still uh, coming up and it's valued at five and a half billion. To me, it just makes Pilbara look like an absolute screamer of a buy here. I know there's some brokers with double the current share price on it uh, in terms of price target, but to me, you know, if you were gonna spend five and a half billion bucks on a project that hasn't even actually been constructed or produced, why wouldn't you spend 12 on something that's going like a train and producing so much cash, especially as it's got two billion in cash as it is? So riddle me that one, Batman. Why isn't Pilbara uh, racing ahead? I know it's bounced off its lows, but uh, to me, Pilbara just sticks out like the proverbial at the moment. So interesting. So I had a conversation with Evan Lucas from Invest Smart, who you know earlier today, Henry, and he was just saying, think about it. Think about how ripe the entire sector is for consolidation. Not just because you've got a lot of these, you know, there's so many of them, let's be honest. But he said just to get the amount of investment into the ground to bring more of these to be production ready. Uh, even through the development phase, in order to meet the demand that's going to be driven by the decarbonization of the economy. So he was just saying, you know, of course there's going to be further consolidation. Of course there's going to be consolidation because it actually kind of has to happen for the whole sort of ecosystem or the lithium economy here to move forward. Yeah, and you know what? The great thing about consolidation in the mining sector is it's not like consolidation in other industries where you're pushing two cultures together. Mining culture is pretty much the same wherever you go. There's obviously some sovereign culture differences, but you know, it's just a matter of ownership of the mine. 
and how to run it better. It's not like pushing CBA culture into Westpac culture if you wanted to merge two big banks. And a lot of the consolidation will happen, I think, uh, maybe in the slightly bigger players. And a lot of these guys are cashed up. They use that big, big run we had last year in the lithium space to raise a lot of money. And a lot of them are funded uh, through DFS, through construction, etc. And you're right, Nadine, there are an awful lot of them. Let's face it, every man and his dog wow. is out there at the moment pegging yeah. ground for lithium. Especially since but, the uh, Liontown resource, sorry to interrupt, but especially since that announcement. Have you noticed all the ASX announcements coming from uh, lithium yeah. minnows yet? No coincidence, yeah. 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 Yeah, no comments. So the other, yeah, the other cool, um, cool uh, conversations coming up a lot is just so what? What is the next sort of hot sector f- within the metals and mining space? You know, for for consolidation, and uh, um, nickel, nickel is always coming up. So you think that we should be attuned to some of the opportunities there, perhaps? Yeah, no, well, nickel, nickel is a funny one, isn't it? The Indonesians are making some uh, some big moves in nickel at the moment in terms of uh, acid leaching and, and the way they're going to be extracting nickel uh, from less economic uh, projects. Uh, it's environmentally not great, but they seem to be pushing that asunder. And uh, Indonesia and nickel are really a sort of the, the place at the moment. Uh, we have a few nickel companies here, and obviously BHP is pushing into that as well as a strategic metal. But there has been a lot of, um, shall we say, noise around the LME nickel price. There's been a few little scandals. There's been some uh, interesting volatility there. Obviously, there's Poseidon Nickel, which is one of those, but they are yet to come on stream with their Black Swan. There's also a Panoramic as well. But then we had news today on Mincor, which mm-hmm. was a very interesting announcement. that they Basically, their quality wasn't up to scratch. And BHP said, you know what? We're not taking that. Thanks very much, but it's not good enough. Yeah. And given given BHP and Wailu went head-to-head in Canada uh, for a takeover, there's clearly no, no love loss between uh, Andrew Forrest and Mike Henry at the moment. So uh, that is an interesting situation, how that one will play out. There's $1.40 on the table from Wailu in Mincor. The stock's just hovering above it now. Come has come back a lot today on that guidance being pulled. So interesting space. I think copper is one to look at as well. And we are seeing some moves in uh, in graphite again uh, with some uh, some moves there. So always interesting in that resource space, that's for sure. Henry, sounds like I've got to make a transaction into my trading account and uh, I'll let you get back to the rest of your day. Henry Jennings from Marcus today, have a cracker. Thanks See guys. See you Henry, always have a good pleasure. one. All right, one thing we didn't mention was that uh, jobless uh, sorry, job, job vacancies, vacancies yes. read today. So, Kyle, I mean, my very abbreviated take was that, yeah, the jobs market's still tight. Yeah, coming down, but still very, very elevated and um, off by one and a half percent for the quarter. Mm-hmm. So on the surface, it looks OK. And we're starting to see the fact now that there are more uh, people looking for jobs than there are job openings. So that's uh, always a, a decent sign in terms of wage growth depends on obviously which side of the equation you are but if you compare it to where we were pre-pandemic still twice the level of job mm-hmm. vacancies than, than in that period of time so still a lot of work to do to try and bring that into equilibrium we will take a look now at what's on the macro front tonight so in the eurozone we get consumer confidence economic sentiment we get the u.s fourth quarter gdp read and we have a few well here you go for all of the fed talk tomorrow barkin collins and kashkari all out. And of course, Colin's answering some questions about the banking uh, regulation and regulatory and oversight of the Fed. 
there, and then tomorrow here. Uh, look, there's not a lot tomorrow here. We get private right. sector credit, but those PMIs coming from China will be interesting. And yes. then, drum roll. Yeah, PCE inflation is going to be absolutely fantastic to watch. I mean, we were talking about the fact that sort of no news is good news, and that's absolutely the truth. Uh, with Fed speakers coming back and now this inflation figure, which of course could go either way, the next couple of days is probably going to be very news heavy. So yeah, uh, could be volatile too. Could be volatile, and there's a lot of water to go under the bridge until we get that next Fed decision. So with this kind of banking crisis, again, we're calling it what are we? Incident spilt yep. milk situation hiccup. Uh, sort of going to the wayside uh, now in terms of uh, its focus, it's going to go back to these sort of fundamental numbers and the numbers in the US are still very, very hot. So this number here for PC inflation will be significant. Kyle, let's get back to stocks. I love them. Let's see what helped move the market this day, either to the upside or the downside. You saw on what's coming up tomorrow, we do have an AGM being held by AMP. Uh, tomorrow it was, and it's unusual, but it was one of the best performers today, finishing up close to 5%. Uh, not too much news, but notification of that buyback coming through there. Good point to make too is that, and Danielle uh, uh, spoke about it today very briefly, is that uh, a lot of these ra uh, rallies are ones that were heavily sold off, a little bit riskier names tend to be higher beta. Uh, so we're, with this sort of turn in sentiment, those beaten up stocks are, are kind of, I guess, bouncing a little bit more than the broader market, but they've got a little bit to make up for some of the, uh, well, again, downside they experienced over March. Yeah, I mean, Megaport is up by 3.7% zip. Um, again, as we mentioned, up by 5.6%. Lake Resources there still going strong, up by 5%. Regis, we mentioned it was one of the best performer on the approval coming through in New South Wales for a gold mine there. And NRW Holdings earlier in the week was talking about some contracts being won. I don't see any new news associated with that. Mm. Um, hopefully I'm not wrong. But yeah, having a good day there. So if you're shareholder in new NRW Holdings, congratulations to you today. Um, look, there's always a flip side. And uh, you can see there, uh, some of these companies do have news associated with it. Cromwell Property, though, is one of those companies that is trading ex-div today, down by 3.5%. So yeah, we're still in that period. So just, you know, keep that in mind when you're looking at some of these um, laggards. And that includes today as well, Charter Hall Long Whale Reit. Yes, and uh, as you can see there too, the gold names also coming under pressure. We spoke about it off the top, but it really is just the, I guess, inverse of what we've seen throughout the month of March, which saw the gold stocks really benefit from that push above $2,000 in the underlying gold price falling yields, bank risks, anti-fiat hedge, call it what you will, but it was certainly positive for the yellow metal and the stocks associated with it. So Capricorn Metals, Gold Road, Grey Mining, all uh, getting caught up in that to some extent today. Still much higher for the month, it has to be said, but nevertheless, we are seeing that weakness coming through the gold miners. And a quick look at what's moving in the small and mid-cap space today. Gervos, it uh, halted construction. Oh, that, oh, sorry, let's start with the good good story, shall we? Yeah, a bit of a motley crew here, but you can see really exposed to the uh, mining space and one of the laggards, sorry, Gervois, and that is after it halted construction at an Idaho mine. So this is the second day in a row that we've seen it getting hit. And I'm interested to see Alligator Energy. I don't know about the news associated with it, but you know when you just get the spidey sense because uranium has been coming up in so mm. many conversations, you know, I got a bit of a bump up and alligators in that space. So yeah, we'll watch that one and see what happens in the days to come. Yeah, interesting. And just as an aside, Paladin as well was down today too, which uh, fascinating. Again, that kind of nuclear story. So 
Don't know why, but there you go. Guess what it is tomorrow? Friday. Friday. Yes. It's the 31st, so final day of the month. It's final Friday of the month, and that means that the last call returns. So、oh, from three、yes. thirty tomorrow, drink in hand. Hope you can join us for that. But we do have a great day to get through. Before then,、um, we'll be speaking to Jan Gerard from State Street.、Uh, we'll be speaking with Jessica Meir from Saxo Markets at ten to find out what people have been trading, what folks have been doing out there.、Um, also, I'll be speaking with Andrew Kenobi from Franklin Templeton. Just get his view on rates, where they're likely headed, fixed income opportunities. You know, the day goes on.、Um, Yeah, we've got a really great day lined up tomorrow. I'm looking forward to it already. Absolutely. So、uh, join in then, and make sure you do watch the last call. It's going to be a cracking episode. In the meantime, have a great evening. The COB is brought to you by eToro. Invest in ASX shares with zero dollars commission. 365 day returns.